Hello and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. <sighs> Coming up on the end, folks. The end of the year, the I end know. of an era. Uh, all right, all right. Now, now, here's the thing, folks. Like after the holiday season, you got to get in touch with us on on social media, some way, shape, or form, and let us know. Did you survive Whamageddon? Never. <laughs> I always have. I've been lucky. <laughs> I I usually um, somehow survive it all. I don't, I don't know <laughs> how, but it happens. So this we we teased this episode last time, and we are going to talk about different types of adversaries now we've talked about adversaries a lot when we talk about npcs and things of that nature but there can be other types as well and not all of them are people so we're going to actually talk about a few different things that can be kind of adversarial in this specific setting that we've kind of been working on so we're just going to kind of dive right in because there's we, we each did two. Mm-hmm. And obviously there will be other things that we'll talk about when we actually start working more on this. But we wanted to at least get some ideas out there so people kind of have an idea of where we're, where our headspace is for this sort of non- non-person kind of adversarial roles that are going to be out there. So, uh, I'm going to flip a coin. That works. All right. Oh, man. My inspiration coins literally just don't have a heads and tail. They just have a inspiration point, inspiration point. Mm. Okay, I got something else that I can flip. Heads or tails? Tails. Okay. Oh, it's heads. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go first. All right, what do I have here? Ruin. (laughs) That's really, that's, oof. This sounds kind of strange, though, when you're, you know, talking about a spaceship but you have to remember a couple of big things number one this spaceship is old and it's not been really upkept for a while and it's really kind of starting to show its age 
So this is something that's very real when you think about a ship that's, you know, hurtling between stars, you know, is number one, this crew has not been put into like hibernation sleep or anything like that. So they're living in this Mm -hmm. thing. And so with time comes wear and things falling apart. And you don't want the whole thing that's sending you through space to fall apart. Yet this one is. It's starting to. And it's a lot of that's because it hasn't been upkept. And if it had been upkept, then there would be a lot fewer problems than what you can really do. I mean, this sort of thing can lead to all kinds of crazy shenanigans like, you know, um, whether or not there's a a force field or whatever that keeps like micrometeors and, and things of that nature from ripping through this ship. Well, what happens if that starts to go out? Then you mm. run into a micrometeor storm. You know, I mean, that that's that's dangerous is what that is. So those kinds of things are kind of adversarial because. But it's an adversary that you can't really beat. If you think about it, because, I mean, in the long run, you you have only so much that you can do as players. And so your players can only repair the things that they know how to. And if they don't know how to repair something, then it just doesn't get done. Or it gets done very shoddily. And that's another trick to this is as as these things start to break apart. You don't really want that happening. <laughs> so those are my thoughts on ruin. <laughs> Cause it's dangerous. Oh God, yeah. You know, it, it, the thing is, it, it's like, you know, over time it's like, yes, certain things we built very well. They don't wear out, but sometimes, you know, doorways, mm-hmm. doors. I mean, we've all had, it sounds totally stupid, but hatches break. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, what you know, happens? but here's the, here's the thing is, like, also, if you're thinking about this future well engineers, like, dude, you know, we, to quote Christopher Titus, it's like, you know, we have sent a shuttle to the moon, but my bathroom has, uh, has tiles, my bathroom moon is tiles, and the tiles fall off. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's stupid little mm-hmm. things. And those little things over time add up. And and that is kind of where that is. Like, it's dangerous because it's the little things. And because this ship is old. I mean, you're, you're talking this thing has gotten out of soul's gravitational mm-hmm. well. And it is between stars. Or at least partially between stars. Like, you know, it's not it's not going 
faster than light. So it is starting to show its wear and tear because it takes a long time to go between those things. So that was mine. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mine's a little bit longer. All right. Okay. <clears throat> one is uh, one of mine is called is is hyperviri. Uh, on Earth, the ozone layer protects us from the harmful high energy radiation. However, that protection is absent in the wonderful cold void of space. And one of the side effects of radiation on organic life is mutations. <laughs> As some of the expected projections were uh, that protections that we were expected to have installed on the ship are either fully missing or partially missing. People were herded onto the ship without going through a standard medical scan and quarantine. So all of that combined with insufficient medical supplies and staff was, mm. all right, forgive my pun here, a petri dish for disaster. Under normal circumstances, virus mutations, while relatively rapid, usually you could think, there's ways you can chart them. There's an expected time frame. There's an expected, it's like, okay, you have X amount of time before you can expect a, a startup of mutation. And while mutations can be accelerated, um, uh, this is uh, during World War One. There's a lot of gas attacks, and they're thinking that the sped up mutation of the flu virus, uh, you know, that's what caused the the you had like your first wave of flu, and then there was a second wave, and the second wave was holy crap, uh, inc a lot more deadly. <clears throat> So, Ooh. but uh, if you think about it, interstellar radiation causes mutations to go haywire because not only are the bacteria, viruses, fungi, et cetera, et cetera, they're getting hit with cosmic rays, but the bodies that are inside are also be being hit by cosmic rays. So if you think about it, tr it's you're trying to sequence the genome of the rapidly evolving viruses. It's a Sisyphean task. You know, it, it's sticking your finger in a dam. It's not going to really work. So, like, ways of treatment, like retrovirals, antibiotics, and, heck, even palliative treatments, you know, just like, all right, you're dead. This, there's no way to fix this, but, you know, okay, you know, we could at least make you comfortable or, you know, reduce the symptoms. We don't know if those will work. <clears throat> so, and also, if you think about it, like, deep disinfecting or maintaining a site sterile environment might not be possible. I mean, you see this kind of stuff with uh, in hospitals because they're like, they don't want you staying too long because there's, you know, resistant bacteria and viruses around there. And mm -hmm. the, if you think about it, the only thing that we can hope is like that as the hypervirus kind of continue to mutate and, and modify that the residents' own immune systems start to mutate themselves that might pretty much help fight over whatever new creepy virus they can contract but the other thing you do have to worry about is uh going back to the world war one flu is the ones that died really quickly they weren't the elderly they weren't the young they were the the almost most healthiest meaning that's because of a cytokine storm which is a pretty much a hyperactive response from the immune where the immune system where instead of just you know muscling up it's you know it's like okay you're doing like you know, regimented army, stab, 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 you know, da, da, da. and then all of a sudden they give him like two shots of whiskey, LSD, and then put him in a berserker rage and go, ha, that's pretty much what a cytokine storm is in your immune system. So it's something yep. they have to kind of think about. If you think, you know, it's, 
terrifying because we also have like bacteria in our own guts, bacteria living on our skins. Mm. That all will be mutating. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. That is that is terrifying. <laughs> and and the question becomes like again with like ruin is this something that can be stopped or slowed yeah but the if you think about it though there's like normal procedures if you're going to be getting on you know getting on a boat especially or a ship or whatever the heck for something like this you know and they did this with the apollo this is the reason that uh on apollo 13 you know they they had a last minute switch because one guy you know caught the flu you know, yeah. so it's just one of those things. It's like, but if it's like, okay, emergency lift, nobody's doing the medical scans. No one's pulling a complete uh-huh. medical history. No one's, you know, it's like, okay, we're all going to get on. And everyone goes into quarantine for like a month or something, you know. At yeah. least to, to prevent, you know, that kind of stuff. If you think about it, though, everyone was like, oh, crap, book it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that is that's very much a an issue. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm so, I apologize for giving you nightmares. No, <laughs> no, um, I, I, uh, my my major in college was molecular biology, so now I um, <laughs> I get it. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. It's, it's like the last time. It's like okay, my major was astronomy physics. You're Okay, dude, this is, I did not mean to hit on something that you actually knew. <laughs> oh, my uh-huh. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I am. I'm well aware. That's why I don't talk about it very much. I didn't I'm just mean, like, oh, my God. I didn't, like I said, oh I didn't mean God, to give you yes. extra nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I understand exactly where all that happens from. So. Okay, so next, what do we got? I have got, it's going to sound really bizarre, but we kind of touched on this yet uh, last episode, and that is toxic locales. Because not every location that the characters will adventure on will be, you know, nice and sunny, Earth-like planets. Actually, probably none of them really should be. <laughs> The worlds are and should be radically different from the planet that we call home. Just think about your home solar system. There are planets that rain sulfuric acid that are that is almost boiling to planets that rain diamonds. And this is just the beginning of some of the hellscapes oh, that yeah. are out there. I mean, tidal locked planets. Yeah. If you want to get scared, literally, look, up, uh, look up hot Jupiters, uh, the type of exoplanets. <laughs> There's ones that they yeah. think is made of glass. Uh, uh-huh. There's ones where the orbit is it, it is it is incredibly eccentric. It has an incredibly eccentric orbit, and the tidal forces are kind of like ripping this this planet apart. So it, it goes through yeah. like super hot, freezy, super hot, freezy. You know, pulled more in one direction, and it's just like, oh my dear lord. You know, it could be like yeah. a, a perfectly nice standard regular planet. But because of how it's orbiting that star, <laughs> there's other things going yeah, on. Yeah, we're because minorly elliptoid, remember, you know, because... here in our solar system. Like there, there yeah. are ellipses, but you know, they're all kind of sort of in the same plane, except for Pluto, which actually kind of goes inside of Neptune and isn't like kind of on the yeah. horizontal. So if you think of something with 
an extremely tilty uh, Pluto orbit that gets real close to the sun and then goes out back to the trans-Neptunian objects, but then comes into the comes into uh, like where Mercury is. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and and this is just because honestly, if you think about it, if they start finding things that are you know nice and Earth-like, well, why are they shooting for this other star? They shouldn't be. That's what that is. Like, there's a reason why this planet is probably not usable. And if it isn't, then humanity has found a new home. And maybe that's what, you know, happens is, is that if that's what you want, you know, they find one. Well, what happens if, you know, so they, they start ripping apart their ship and then all of a sudden, like 30 years later, they realize oh, crap, there's something very, very wrong with this Or the planet. other thing is that, hey, you know, like they, they, this looked like a perfectly good planet. This looked perfectly wonderful. and But the thing is that light, you know, it takes light X amount of years to get... What light is also revealing is information. As you know, they say the further you look into the into space, the further back in time you're going. So yeah. that's something else. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> when we were looking at that, uh, everything was great. But, you know, you know, imagine, you know, 100 years before they got there. You know, it's uh, like yeah. a, a, a wandering black hole. It didn't, you know, it, it didn't swallow anything in the solar system. So they're like, oh, you know, but it whacked all the orbits up. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it could just be something that's very slow to happen that, you know, doesn't hit right away. And then all of a sudden it does, you know? So yeah, you could use that as almost a, a nice way to stage an entire ship and then have it repaired a little bit before they go, have to crawl back into it and leave this other dying planet. Mm-hmm. So that's another yep. option for creepy things that you can do to players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. So. All right. What do you have All right. for your second one? All right. My last one, it's, uh, like I said, I, I didn't want to go more physical. So I want something, something the shifting zeitgeist. You know, the ship's mission when it launched was to transport humanity to a possible new home. And the journey is going to take time. And those that first left Earth wouldn't live to see uh, where humanity ends up. But over time, like new generations of humanity wouldn't know what it's like to, to live on a planet. They wouldn't know what a, looking at a sunrise is. They wouldn't. It's like the relative safety and security of living on a planet that or, you know, stable planet, stable atmosphere that orbits a, a star. And and all they would know is a nomadic existence from birth until death. That's all of they all that they would know. It, it would be you know it's the nomadic existence. It's the subsistence existence. So while the the original passengers that drive and intend to find a new home for humanity, that was you know that was the reason they launched. That was you know we you know we're screwed. We got to go, but. With each generation, 
you know, born onto that ship, that drive and intent, it changes, you know, it slowly gives way to, okay, uh, to myth and tradition almost as it were, you know, rather than, you know, it's like, I'm getting my people to safety. They're like, well, why are we heading to the star to settle a planet? It's like, well, cause that's what we've always done. So there's a kind of, uh, mm-hmm. it shifts from a drive. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's like, because like we need to do this, we've got to save what's left of it. It doesn't matter how often you repeat that unless you would, because the thing is like, they've got nothing to tie it to, you know? So, yeah, you know, so over time, if you think about it, that it, there's a risk that mission could be challenged. It could be abandoned. It could lead to a mutiny on the ship. So, you know, it's like, why keep making your way towards a, towards a planet? You know, it, at one point they're like, why do we keep doing this? It's frustrating. It's tiring. It, it's, you know, put stuff at risk. How are we going to know it's even going to be there? And they could be like, dude, there's this cool nebula over there. I've never seen one shaped like that. Let's go check it out. Rather than, you know, it, it, instead of, you know, it's like moving, you know, you pack up yourself and move from one place to another versus getting into a motorhome. Yeah. So if somebody's like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going for the East Coast or the West Coast is like, okay, you are moving houses versus getting an RV and just going, I'm going to go all over the place. doesn't matter because you got exactly. your house, on, you're driving your house. So it's the same kind of a thing. And And yep. the thing is that, at least to give, you know, it's like, you know, there's always like that existential crisis outside, but there's also the malaise and boredom, I guess. I don't, I don't, yeah. It's almost, yeah, like almost like ennui where you're just like, why are we still doing Mm -hmm. this? And, And you know, it's, that's, that's very much a possibility. It's a, I'm going to quote Henry Rollins is like, how can you be angry all the time? Is it because I work at it. So to keep the, all the, the, the passengers, all the crew, all the generations, there, kind of pushing to keep doing this. Even, you know, even after like the whole first generation that experienced living on earth is gone. Everyone still has that drive. Right. But it's not, um, living in the past it's not okay this is their mission we're continuing the missions like no no we're doing this for the future and the thing is they've got to make sure that it doesn't flip you know it's like it's always to the future the thing is like once you can't see kind of the reason why you kind of look towards the past for your reasons yeah actually you know what there's an awesome awesome um episode about kind of this sort of thing in uh, the new Battlestar that was done where they found a place where Cylons had just not bothered them and they crash landed on a planet and they just kind of started living life Mm -hmm. again. And, you know, they started falling back into the old patterns of what humanity would do. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, with, with a with a population that has a always been on ships or on one ship and never really been off of that ship. They don't understand what it's like to be on a planet, you know, because planets are, or can be quieter than the ship could ever hope Mm -hmm. to be. And, 
as somebody who lived on a massive naval ship for months at a time, when you get back, like there's always noise. That noise, you learn how to sleep through it. Here, they've always had that noise. So when they go to a place where it doesn't exist anymore, they're not going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. And there may be those that just, you know, if they do get to a new home, they're just like, screw it. We're going back out because this is just too much for us. You know, it's like if if you are, if you are, you know, that is your life. That is your, you know, if you are, you know, God, I actually watched Waterworld, but it's that whole, you know, it's like <laughs> Earth flood and everything else. So when, when Kevin Costner's character steps on land, he's like, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I know that feeling. Because... Yeah, when you spend uh, enough time on a ship and you actually have sea legs, like when you touch ground again, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's hard to function on it. Um, I remember tripping just walking down the street because I was anticipating the roll of the ground that wasn't there. So like, yeah, you can very much just fall flat on your face because you're not used to it. So yeah, this whole concept, like people would just have a hard time accepting that there is a, this is home now. I mean, they might be awesome with it at first, but then eventually they're just probably going to be like, you know, there's going to be a certain percentage of that population that's just going to be like, yeah, we're going to go look at the next star and see if there's anything there. You know, and maybe they are more like the um the nomadic polynesians where they were you know island hopping all over the place and that becomes like the their new culture and society you know where they've got these smaller ships that are able to make the the trip faster or whatever Instead of these huge, massive ships, they've got smaller ones that can, like, you know, dock and, you know, people can pass back and forth between ships and stuff like that. I mean, those are possibilities, too. Like, we didn't even touch on anything like that in this part of it, but that's a potential thing that could exist for later. So, yeah. Here I am, like, waxing philosophical. Uh, That's what happens when you you think about... (laughs) adversaries that that aren't flesh and blood or ai or you know or something like that where where it's it's not you know it's a slowly shifting mindset yeah or or any of these others that we've talked about i mean these are real things that that change the course of i mean some of these have literally changed the course of human history on earth all of them have to some degree. So, I mean, that is a thing that happens. So it's something you should keep in mind when you're, when you're looking at this sort of thing is what are the, some of the other, you know, non person adversaries that will exist in the world. So, 
Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went really uh, deep and philosophical Mildly, on this one, but, but hey. uh, this this is kind of the things you also kind of have to consider is like, you know. There, there's stuff out there for your PCs to face, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, it, 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 it doesn't have to be a big no, monster. It doesn't. Sometimes it could just be lethargy. Yeah, I mean, just let let players know that these are things that exist in the world that they live in, and then. Ask them which ones they'd like to see. You know, and if you, if some of these really start to de, you know, make you really think about things, good because mm-hmm. they should. That's the whole point of them. So, but okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're we're gonna we're gonna chat about our social media <laughs> stuff because we do that. So we have many different ways for people to a get in touch with us like normal. So if there's if you guys think of any other adversarial situations that you think would be really cool, totally reach out to us. We are on um Twitter for now. Um, we'll see. Uh, with Musco buying it and turning it into kind of an RP, uh, kind of becoming a racist hellscape. Uh, <laughs> and it happened really fast. So, yeah, I don't know how much longer I will want to be around on that. So, if Social media stuff changes. I will try to let as many people know where I'm going to end up and everything. And I'm considering uh, Mastodon right now. Uh, But that seems to be something a little more than what I can understand. But I've got two months or so to figure it out before I have to really worry. So, But I'm going to work on it, possibly. Um. In addition to that, we have for people that want to, you know, or have the extra money, even though I know times are tough, we have many different ways that you can uh, throw us a few shekels if you feel like it. We have a Patreon, we have a Kofi, we have Buy Me a Coffee now. I did have that finally set up. And we have, um, goodness, I can't think of yeah. anything else. I think those are the, th- the yeah. big things. And, and the thing is, is like, while, you know, it, it, if you want us to review a game system, stuff like that, it's like, you know, the books, we, we want to support the creators. So if we do a review, we either own it, back the Kickstarter, or, you know, we would have to go purchase the book. So if there's something that you're interested in having us review or give our opinions on or something of that nature that none of us have heard on, you know, consider maybe throwing up just a couple of bucks our way just so, you know, like, I don't mind paying for the books, but there's a lot out there. Holy moly. 
Oh, there's so oh, yeah. many. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been going through my my list of what I have and trying to consolidate down to what game systems I have now. And it's I, I've realized that my my PDF library is growing and my physical book library is slowly slowly growing because yeah it's it's just expensive and reviewing stuff like we can we can also try to reach out to people that own you know that have the game and say hey you know we'd love to review your game and maybe talk to somebody mm -hmm. about it kind of like we've I, done in the past with mm -hmm. other stuff um i do know that i want to try to um sit down at some point with karen 12s who wrote improv for gamers she was really interested in us chatting with her at some point so i'm going to try to reach out to her uh, relatively soon and see if we can't get karen and or maybe some of the other folks that helped write improv for it's gamers it's pretty awesome Second it's edition. pretty awesome and they do have it not only in physical book form but they actually also have uh like workbooks and stuff like that but they also have the book on on uh on electronic format which is nice yeah yeah they do um they definitely have pdf they've got, i think they've even got like mobile pdf and moby mm -hmm. versions of everything um or they did when they did the Kickstarter, which means that those files do exist. They just have to make them available to people. Um, but yeah, that's one that I definitely want to uh, reach back out to uh, Karen and, and see if we can't schedule a interview with her because I think that would be a lot of fun. So we will try to get at least a new interview or two in this year before we we break in june like we normally do and yeah oof the year is starting it's crazy <laughs> so way to hit it really hard for the first episode yep. of the year so all right guys Closing remarks. I will go first. So it's kind of a, a thing. So the holidays are kind of over. And I know that rest is really kind of in short supply in the build up for the holidays. So, you know, take some time for yourself. Try to rest and recover from the holidays and hopefully you know you can put your best foot forward for the rest of the year and you know bring your a game for those who run them mm -hmm. what do you think right. well the hot lake thanksgiving new year's christmas all this uh, yeah dollars to donuts you probably ate yourself absolutely bananas uh, but what I'm going to recommend is kind of as a way to, to break from, you know, just 
what you traditionally eat around this time of year, um, I'm going to recommend looking up Good Eats or Alton Brown's YouTube channel. And he has a series with his wife called Quarantine Kitchen, and it's hilarious. And they have actually, you know, uh, how to do, you know, recipes on everything. It's like one of them was a recipe on how to use your the uh, the turkey uh, carcass and leftovers and how to make like turkey noodle soup uh, really quick. Um, you know, all this other, it, it's, it's delightful for me because it's like, oh, I cool get science as well as, you know, very basic step-by-step instructions, but they're done pretty, but it, they, they do it by mass or, you know, they're like, oh yeah, two cups, AKA X number of grams of, uh, and, okay. and for me, I love that because it's just like, I, it reads more like doing a chemistry experiment is how they're, how it's all presented. But when you watch, I mean, you, the cookbooks are great and I love them and I have them all. But when you also watch, you know, it's like, okay, beat until like stiff peaks. What do they look like? It's really cool. He actually you know, shows it up or, you know, he has certain, he shows how to do certain cocktails on certain episodes. And the other one was, one yeah. of the, it's oh, one of my favorites. He did like the Rice Krispie Treats thing. But he's like, oh, yeah, I always did this with my mom. And it's like he would make the rice crispy treats and like after they were all kind of like done melting and cooking kind of together and they were still kind of gooey. He'd use the empty, he'd spray the, em- the empty rice crispy box with like Pam spray, then stuff that back in there and then walk around as a kid because it looked like he was just eating cereal out of the box. Didn't get in trouble <laughs> with mom. And I'm like, OK, that's hilarious. But he also has had to do like a real simple peanut, uh, peanut butter fudge, how to do your own peanut butter um how to do like uh, there's a bunch of wonderful little things and some of them are just how to make your own good popcorn you know i'm like i like that air fro- air yeah. popper well no 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 using the stove without it burning you know oh that just takes practice yeah but also you know but how to make sure it's also like well salted what to, what what's the best type of oil what do you you know it's really interesting so it's just like yeah. oh you know it's like Oh, that's kind of cool, and uh, it, it's and it's kind of fun because the you see little techniques, and yeah. You know, and yeah. I remember an interview. He said he pretty much wanted to to make it like Mr. Wizard uh, meets Monty Python meets Julia Child okay. for a cooking show, and I'm like, that's freaking awesome. And it because you get there's a whole bunch of little silly bits, but also like the one thing with Quarantine Kitchen is like, you know, they've been in quarantine, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, so. You know, and it's him and his wife, and it's 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 very sweet in a weird way, and I like that. You yeah. know, she'll she'll rib him and he'll rib back, but you could just tell that it's it's you know, if there is insults, they're not malicious. They're all they're all kind of like what, <laughs> kind of funny or silly or just yeah. endearing. So, you know, we all we for your for your mental and and intestinal and, and tummy health, you know. Because there's traditional stuff, and I'll be honest, it's like after after the holidays, I do love it. But at that point, it, it's like, you know, I, uh, mm, you know what? It's like, all right, I want a burger. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Well... I think that is going to wrap it up, folks. So we've enjoyed this new year. Don't forget the lessons you learned in the old one either. Yes, very much so. So go out, 
Have some fun. Play some games. Roll those dice. If you've got any new games over the holidays, let us know on our social media. Oh, yeah. And we will see you guys real soon. Stay safe and bye-bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.